What did you eat for breakfast? Um, I had cereal. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 118. This episode is sponsored by Ignite Your Music Career. You may remember in episode 90, I chatted to Craig Dodge about sync licensing and how he makes a living through writing music for TV, video games, and film. Musicians all over the world subscribe to Ignite Your Music Career and earn more royalties, more upfront sync fees, and more recurring revenue from their music. Whether you're a composer, singer-songwriter, band, beatmaker, or instrumentalist, your music can be earning you more money. Internationally acclaimed composer, musician, and music educator Craig Dodge has licensed his music in more than 1,000 TV show episodes, films, video games, and ads all over the world, and he will show you how you can too. Ignite gives you the information you need in a simple, accessible format, and you learn at your own pace. For just $6 a month, you get a video lesson each week on topics related to music licensing, from writing techniques to how to find your markets, and everything in between. You also get tools and activities to build the skills you need to be successful, and each lesson includes a royalty-free sound pack to download and use in your own music. The key to success in the music business today is to diversify your sources of revenue. Ignite will show you how. For more information or to subscribe to Ignite, visit the website at terrace-studios.com or click the link on musiconyourownterms.com. This episode, I talk with LA-based, Toronto-born artist Xari in the run-up to her month-long wellness festival, Mental Health with Xari. We talk about Ari's history in performance, touring in girl bands in her teens, moving to LA and making music a career, as well as some great tips surrounding her songwriting process. Ari also shares stories about her experiences with mental health, suffering from comorbid disorders that have led to hospitalization, and continuing to find methods of self-care, therapy, and medication in order to live a fulfilling life. Ari is now managing those conditions, has adopted the mantra pain into power, and is using her experiences to become a powerful advocate for mental health, including the upcoming Mental Health Month with Ari. Before we get started, here's a message from Ari about the festival. Just want to extend an invite um, to join on Clubhouse April 30th. We're doing a pre-party for Mental Health Month with some amazing hosts, Alessandra and Kiara and myself. We'll be there also with NAMI. So that's 4 p.m. PT on Clubhouse, which I'll be posting a flyer about. That's 7 p.m. ET. Also, if you are in L.A., on May 1st, I'm performing and doing story time with NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, on May 1st at 5 p.m. PT uh, at Third Street Promenade Wellness Stage. That morning, I am doing an Instagram Live, 10 a.m. PT, 1 p.m. ET, if you want to join on Instagram Live and kick off Mental Health Month with us, with us that way. It's lots of pre-party events, and would love to see you there and see you at Mental Health Month with XRE. 
If you enjoy the podcast and want to show your support, I'd be really grateful if you would consider signing up for the mailing list to stay in the loop with everything going on with the show. Just head over to musiconyourownterms.com and click the link. While you're there, you can also visit the store and grab some merch, or just buy me a coffee and help out with the running costs of the show. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by ex-Ari from LA, originally from Toronto. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thanks so much for having me, Simon. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining me. We we met through Indie Week, which is happening as we record. Uh, sorry, Indie 101. Indie Week is a separate thing, which is happening now as we were recording, but this will be out probably a, a week after that. Yeah, so what, you're, you're a, a singer out based in LA. And you come from Toronto originally. So yeah, um, if you wouldn't mind just introducing your music and, and what you do. Great, for sure. So my name is Xari. I'm a singer, songwriter, mental health advocate. I write for my own project. I write for other upcoming artists and collaborators. I love to write music with other people. I love to channel my pain into power, which is my motto. And I put mental health awareness at the forefront of my project by talking a lot about mental illness and struggles and coping and healing and growth in my music. And my latest EP is actually coming out in Pride Month, dedicated to my first ever girlfriend named Anya. And it's very much a love album, which is a bit of a departure from my usual topics. So I'm very excited for this new inspiration and love in my life. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I've listened to your music a little bit the last couple of days. And um, I would say it's obviously my metalhead, so... This is coming from an uneducated background, but I would say hip hop light meets pink, maybe. I love that. <laughs> I I like the fact that I, I I like the fact that your your uh, approach to to your um songwriting and and like the overall sound of it is is kind of sparse to leave room for the voice. I I really appreciate the the space you've given your lyrics. It's there's not sometimes you you hear a lot of stuff that's overly instrument you know there's too much instrumentation going like they put way too much in yours breathes quite quite well. Thank you, I appreciate that. I'm grateful for the amazing producers who collaborate with me. I do not make the music. I definitely am a co-pilot in saying the sound I'm looking for and make sure to let them know um, what I want out of the track. You know, I really like alt pop and alt electro mm-hmm. pop and alt pop with hip hop influences. So definitely picking that up right. And I'm essentially from a pop background. My first band I was ever in was called Untamed. I started in my first girl group at age 11. So I started off with like girl bands and, you know, doing pop music. And then mm. I worked with lots of other songwriters who became mentors and really helped guide me to learn how to become, you know, a more refined songwriter. And it just been under that umbrella of pop. And so I definitely am focused on lyric and melody as a top liner being in the front of the whole track and having the vocals sit front and center and the the production essentially be the bedding to support the lyric and melody and vocals. That's fantastic. Yeah, definitely comes across. And, you know, your lyrics are are very uh, poignant, but easy to get into. I think that they're... uh... I mean, I gravitate very much towards um, darker kind of a lot of times either it's metal or it's it's very, you know, melancholy stuff just because I, I feel because of my mental health, you know, history. But that being said, I relate to this, the earlier stuff that I listened to that was speaking to those points. So it, it, 
it's very relatable in that respect. Thank you. I appreciate you advocating for mental health and speaking up about your own challenges. The more we normalize the conversation, the more we can heal ourselves and help heal other people, which is definitely my main purpose in life is to Mm. provide people a place to feel at home and less alone and know that they can get through their challenges and um, be a place of hope and healing for other people to know they don't just have to survive, but they can thrive. And I think it's very important Mm -hmm. to have empowering lyrics and also be honest and raw and dark sometimes, but also on the flip side, have a place to really like show that there is hope out there and use our words carefully because they have so much power, right? Mm, Absolutely. So yeah, let's let's dig into your past a little bit. Um, how did you get into music in the first place and what prompted you to start singing? So I loved singing. I think when I was just a little kid, what, what I loved about it was just the feeling I got when I started to sing. I'd feel better from whatever state I was in. It just gave me joy. And I had a pretty tumultuous upbringing, a lot of traumatic events in my life. And singing just gave me peace. Mm. And, you know, I noticed at school, I always, when I was singing along in prayers, as I went to a private Hebrew school, I always just like tried to sing the loudest. And like, I liked the sound of my own voice as narcissistic as that sound. (laughs) And I just asked my parents, can you put me into singing lessons? I really want to be in singing lessons. So at seven years old, my parents signed me up. And then by age eight, I was in musical theater and had my first solo as Ursula and Bye Bye Birdie. (laughs) And then um, I started figure skating and competing as a competitive figure skater at age eight as well. So it was a pretty critical year for me. And then eventually I um, pursued music more, like I mentioned earlier, starting in bands at age 11. By the time I was 13, we recorded our first album. By the time I was 15, we were on tour across Canada and parts of the U.S. So I got into the industry really young. And I also saw the dirty and negative side of the industry really young. So I kind of pushed away for a few years and decided just to focus on poetry and theater and just do kind of community theater and treat it more as like a side hobby, although I never stopped. Uh, But I couldn't help myself, even though I I went to university, my undergrad in psychology, I ended up in the music building for all my electives and in jazz, vocal, R&B ensemble, started a, a funk rock band and then started playing shows again, just little ones around Toronto when Alma Combo was a thing and Bread and Circus and all these little spots um, downtown Toronto. And then I started doing like a jazz kind of Motown thing, which turned into an R&B pop thing under my personal names in Yellow Waters. And then eventually I transitioned into a totally new sound as Ari, which then turned into my alias XRE. So I've been through quite a number of different bands and in between that as well, but I definitely started young and definitely had a moment of doubt where I was like, this industry is not meant for me. I felt like it needed to be organic and not a career, just something that I did for joy. But then I realized there's nothing else I want to do. And um, really intertwining it with mental health awareness has brought me so much purpose and meaning as a career choice to be an artist and mental health advocate combined. So I really feel like it took me a while to find my voice in my messaging and purpose in life, but that it's here. That's awesome. How much do you think you're using your psychology in your mental health advocacy? Well, I'm by all means not a psychologist or psychiatrist. I don't have my master's degree. I have an undergrad uh, bachelor of arts. Um, I definitely think my experience going through mental illness myself or mental illnesses, I should say, as I have comorbid disorders wearing my dis-order shirt, because essentially I believe disorder is like 
disorganized order. Mm. And if you separate the word, you know, you, you can and not let any labels identify you. You can find your order again and um, hopefully peace of mind. But I think going through um, mental health struggles myself has been more informative to my ability to speak to mental health than studying it, even though I was in school for five years studying it. So I think the personal experience of going through hospitalization and medication trials and finding the right therapy and the right coping skills for myself and what works for a self-care routine has really taught me the most. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel the same way. My own experience is definitely you know, built up a lot of empathy for other people and, and really informed my exploration of that subject. But I definitely, I mean, I, I really only did one, maybe two courses in, in college, you know, Psych 101 and, and maybe another one. And and I definitely think that that informed me a little bit. You know, there, there were there's some concepts in there that I, I picked up on that maybe I wouldn't have I don't know. I think everything you learn is is kind of informative in a way that you don't even realize. But yeah. So why the move to L.A.? Well, interesting story. My ex-boyfriend, great guy. We're still friends. His name is Dan. Um, He told me years ago, this was 2014, you know, I'm going to get my visa. I want to go to L.A. to make it as an actor. And he's fantastic. He's very talented. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to come along and check it out. So I came with him in 2014 and I fell in love with the city and I was like, regardless of you and our relationship, I need to be here for music. This is the pulse. This is where it's at. Like if I want to collaborate every day, be in studios, network in the right place, LA is where it's at. It's just, you know, the whole population of LA is the same population of the entire Canada, right? So it's just like, Mm. in when you think of Grammy hit makers, majority of them are in LA. So I just thought, you know, I should move. So I got my visa, came out here with him. Uh, we ended up breaking up and he moved back to Toronto and I stayed. So it, the funny part is that like he brought me here and he was the one who went home and I ended up sticking out and I'll probably stay here forever. I'll always love Toronto and I go back. I used to be bi-coastal, and, but now I'm typically more in L.A. than I am in Toronto. I don't think you really have much choice right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't even go home. Actually, my visa's expired right now, so I'm waiting for it to go through. I'm literally locked in the U.S. right now. <laughs> Moving on to your mental health. So, I mean, the main thing we're we're here to talk about is your mental health month, the festival that you're doing, which I think is fantastic. Thank you. Some, I I think some people, no matter what it is, whether it's mental health, whether it's, you know, being financially not well off or whether it's, you know, whatever it is, there's certain types of people that build on their experiences and there's certain types of people that say, well, I need help from somewhere. And I think you look around, and especially with something like this, you f- you find that the people that set these types of things up are the people that have experienced the the problem or the issues. And quite often, I think you, you just really have to make your own action if you have a problem. And that's you know that that's the whole point of this podcast is entrepreneurship. And I think your mental health week is people with mental health issues helping themselves rather than a body doing something for a group of people if that makes sense i might be rambling a little bit but um no i just think i think these types of events and these types of outreach or, or whatever it is are really served better when the person that's running them is experienced like they have the personal experience i couldn't agree more first off it's a full month not just a week so i'm so excited for this month-long event 
It's my first ever Mental Health Month with XRE Festival, and I'm so excited. I've never seen my future look brighter before. I've had all this unexpected support and interest in people collaborating and partnering for my event, and I'm just keep on saying the words overjoyed and overwhelmed because it's a huge undertaking, but I'm also so elated at how um, organically it's come together and how beautiful it's turned out. It took a lot of work to put together a full month calendar. I cultivated it in two weeks time and got it live on my site. And I'm just amazed at all the wonderful light workers and healers I know who are donating their time to provide free resources for people just like me or anybody who just needs additional support and somewhere to heal and somewhere to get some new information and coping tools. So I totally agree with you. If you've gone through mental, or I should say I've gone through mental illness myself, I I still struggle sometimes day to day. Sometimes I have months of peace, but in general, like I'll give you an example in February, January, February, March, I had um, an OCD flare up, which turned into severe anxiety, which turned into sleep paralysis flare up, which then agitated my sleep and then led to a manic episode as I have bipolar. And it was my first time having a manic episode that didn't lead to psychosis, which is loss of reality and delusions, et cetera, paranoia, where I, when that happens to me, I become dysfunctional and need hospitalization. So this was the first time I actually navigated a manic episode without getting into the hospital situation. So I'm really like proud of myself for breaking the pattern of what I thought was, you know, so it's great to know that I could break a pattern, so can other people. And I think it's important to hear that. But yes, somebody who's gone through the challenges themselves, I think is those are the best people to run these kinds of festivals. Like I'm my my eyes are wide and I'm looking for the future of Mental Health Month with XRE. And I'm my goal is to make it the Coachella of wellness and to reach a ton of people. And in this festival, we have film about mental health. We have live music about mental health. We have guided meditation, sound bath healing, emotional freedom technique, Kundalini yoga, like you name it, we're doing it. All types of therapy, all types of self-care and healing, spirituality, talks by National Alliance on Mental Illness, on coping skills and on breaking the silence. So much more. It would be so long to name everything that's going on in a 30-day event. But the calendar you can find on my site or you can find in my social links or go to tinyurl.com slash M-H-M-X-A-R-I to see the calendar and sign up on Eventbrite link to sign up on Eventbrite. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) So yeah, I'm just like hoping to create quality content that helps support other people and make them feel seen and less alone uh, rather than I'm focused on attendance and I just know Um, the genuine interest there is to support people. And I'm just really looking forward to doing that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'll, I'll link everything up in the show notes and I'll put it on the posts for the episode and and everything else. So people know exactly where, where to go. Do you think this, this, this is something you'd do if COVID what didn't exist? If COVID didn't exist, I'd be hopefully doing this in person, but you know what? I love that it's online because it, it can be for anybody anywhere in the world, you know, so people in New York, Toronto, LA, Vegas, wherever people are in the world, they could tune in. And I chose a time slot. Most days start at 5 p.m. PT, so it's not too late on the East Coast. Mm. And um, hopefully at some time I could take all time zones into consideration. But I just tried to appeal to East Coast, West Coast this year. I'm just glad it's online because we have a chance to meet more people. But definitely in the future, would love to make it an outdoor public event. Mm. That's that's fantastic. I mean, I I think 
what's COVID has taught taught us, and I do, I think in in Indie One Hundred One, Daryl, who who was on my uh, podcast recently, I think he said this a couple of times in the conference that I don't think we're going back to that in person thing again. I think it's always going to be this hybrid event. You know, there, there's always going to be an online element to things from now going forward, even if COVID completely disappears and we go back to quote unquote normal. I totally agree with that, by the way. I think things have definitely shifted and I don't mind. I think there's always blessings in our burdens and Mm -hmm. I really like how connected we are with people from all across the world online. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Of course, I don't love COVID and I want it to go away just as much as anyone else, but I do like how it brought us together in a new creative way. And when there are blocks and challenges in life, we find ways to still stay connected. And I think that's a beautiful result of it. Absolutely. So if I could ask you a little bit about your songwriting now, what what's your process? And, and I, actually, I'll, I'll step back because you said the, the producers are the ones that create the music. Does the music come first or do you have a lyric idea first? And then how does that come about? Fantastic question. I'll give you an example of like how I wrote my last song because the the process is different every time. Um, but I'll, here's how it went for this last song I wrote. It's called Don't Die Without Me. And um, I was listening to my friend talk on a video call and she was telling me how her grandfather passed away and that her grandmother now alone had only spent three nights apart from her husband in a 67 year marriage. And I just, it broke my heart to think about this woman being alone, you know, after only spending three nights alone in that many years, it's pretty difficult to be by yourself. And I was telling my girlfriend Anya about this phone call with my friend And then I looked at Anya and we were just laying down together and I said, don't die without me. And then right away, I just realized how poetic that sounds. And I got up, sprung out of bed, pulled out my note in my phone, started writing all these lyrics, wrote the lyrics to the chorus, don't die without me. All of a sudden, a melody is channeled through, you know, universal love source energy and creative energy in the universe just comes to me as a melody. And I start singing this melody for the chorus and so I pull out my voice memo I record the melody for the chorus her and I start hanging out she's like what are you doing and I'm just like I was just writing the song I came up with the whole chorus I sing it to her she's like I love it and then when I came home that night I just sat on the piano and put together some chords you know what I do is I play out the melody because I'm not a fancy piano player by all means I just write uh, play chords to support songwriting so I like punch out the melody on the keyboard and go, okay, these are the chords that work. I start putting out the chords and I figured out the chorus. Then I was like, you know what, what chords would go well with um, this chorus chords? And so then I kind of look at um, combinations like one, two, um, one, two, five, six, or one, four, six, five, you know, going on the scale of, you know, from A to G and circling what's one, what's four, what's six, what's five, what is a good combination here that's different from the combination of the chorus so I can create some variation. And then thereby I make the verse in the pre-chorus and the bridge that are some combination of the same chords, but adding in different chords for a break in the ear. And then I just kind of flow on and come up with melody. And I usually go with like the first melodies that come with me for each section. And sometimes lyrics flow at the same time, but I'm typically a melody driven person. But in this situation, a word, I mean, a sentence I said to my girlfriend struck out to me, the lyrics came first, melody came second, chords came, then more lyrics and melody flew out, came out of me at the same time. And I wrote the whole song in one evening. So um, that was an example of me writing completely by myself. A lot of the times I get on Zoom with a producer and I 
come with an idea or concept and I bring that to the table and I say, hey, I have this little melody and lyric idea for a hook. What do you think? They either most of the time they say, I love it. Let's work on it. And then we I, we flesh it out. They create the production. I say, I want this sound. I want this feel. They make the music. I let them take lead with the chords and I write the lyrics and melody and they chime in. Sometimes it's a 50-50 top line write. Sometimes I'm writing 90% of the lyrics and melody and just letting them do the music. It really depends on their skill level and our collaboration um, relationship. Mm. Fantastic. So, but that one was really, it sounds like it's really a stream of consciousness kind of, kind of deal. And it just like hit you. Exactly. And those are my favorite is it's nice to come to your desk and like with the exact time and schedule of like, I'm going to write today at 1 PM with my co-writer Tal Vaisman, who I did my Anya EP with, which I love working with Tal. He's fantastic. And, you know, it's great to come to the table and go, okay, I'm ready, let's rock and spend a few hours dedicated. But there's also something so beautiful about when it just kind of is, comes to you as a download mm-hmm. and you just go, oh my God, I better make time right now to work with all this creative energy and like sit down and do it. So I think it can happen in both ways. And I love both. I love showing up and committing myself to creative times. And I love just working with the organic energy when it arrives. Do you have ever have one of those frustrating moments where you're, I don't know, driving the car or or you're doing something that you can't get away from, like, for instance, like talking at a conference and something pops in your head and you don't, you're not able to get that voice memo down. And like, you're like, that was great. I need, I I need to remember that. Oh yeah. I'm sure that's happened to everybody. Sometimes I come up with melodies while I'm going pee. It's like, I don't know what it is about going pee, but like in the middle of a songwriting session, I take a break to pee and I'm like, oh, that's it. You know, it comes the second I'm like sitting on the toilet. (laughs) But um, I bring my phone with me to the bathroom embarrassingly. Like I think a lot of people do that. So I use my voice memo still. (laughs) Um, Or I just sing it out loud, out loud until I'm back at my phone. Um, And yes, of course, there's been times, but even when I'm driving, I'll just keep singing it or keep looping it in my head until a red light or whenever I can um, record. But I say that typically doesn't happen um, because most of the time my writing happens when I'm scheduling a session, Mm. um, but it's just like ever so often I get a download and I have to capture it. That's great. And maybe the fact that you have a scheduled time, and this might be a really good key for for songwriters uh just have a scheduled time because i'm I'm sure that your brain is going to start to get used to that time and save it up subconsciously you know there's there's got there's obviously um psychology in schedules and habits so you know forcing yourself to write at the same time each day must you know theoretically give you that habit subconsciously i agree with that 100 percent Sometimes people ask, like, when do you write best? And I say in the afternoon, but that's because I've been always writing in the afternoon, right? And I usually start my sessions around 2 p.m. And um, But there have been times where I write by myself late at night, but majority of the time is afternoon, and that's my prime time. That's when I feel the most creative and ready to go, and it's definitely part of training. And what I listened to once, I forget who said it, where, where it was, if it was on a podcast or a book, but what differentiates, and I'm by all means not an Olympian, although I did want to go to the Olympics as a figure skater, um, the, what I read or heard once is that like, what makes the difference between an average performer and an Olympian is showing up, um, daily when, even when you're not in the mood. So forcing yourself. So I think that sometimes artists can think, well, I'm not inspired right now. I need to wait till a moment of inspiration. And I think that's not what I try to do. I try to like to show up 
every time I have a set time to write and just do something, even if it's like maybe not my favorite that day, because come on, not every day is going to be the best material, but it's just this matter of showing up and getting it done and bringing your best foot forward. And like, I think that is what differentiates people who find success and people who just kind of turn it into a hobby. Right. And it's showing up every day is the practice of songwriting so that when the inspiration hits for that really good song, you know, you, you've already practiced your writing skills. So therefore you're channeling that inspiration and you're doing the writing part kind of by habit. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'm writing all the time. Like this weekend I'm hired to write for an upcoming emerging artist and help with her project. And I just absolutely love writing for, I don't want to say the word young, but like newer artists because I could give them some mm. help and really like show them the ropes because I know when I was that young, I really could have used a mentor to give me some guidance. So I love that I'm able to do that for other artists. And it gives me a lot of joy to collaborate, not just on my own project, but on other people's projects as well to bring their story to life. Fantastic. Um, Yeah. So if you don't mind, do you have some, you know, tips uh, of mental health, you know, some self-care tips that you could share? Yes, definitely. Um, I'd say if you have a moment and you're looking for some extra resources, on my website, xreofficial, that's xariofficial.com, there's a self-care tips link, which is embedded with tons of hyperlinks and information of literally everything I could possibly think of of how to help yourself. But I'd like to say that for sure, if you're really struggling, the main thing to focus on is basic needs. Mm-hmm. You know, so making sure you're drinking enough water a day, eating three meals. You know, if you need help getting your meals prepped, Be like, have the courage to tell somebody close to you, like a family member that you might need help having dinner tonight. And because, you know, it's better to ask for help and to eat than to starve when you don't know you're not in a place to take care of yourself. So have the courage to open up and share that maybe you need help with basic needs if you're at that level and make sure that you're getting enough sleep. So this is seven to nine hours. For me, my sweet spot is around eight. And um, so sleep, Drinking enough water and eating are the bare bones to taking care of your mental health and physical health. And we all need those things. And that could be sometimes all someone can focus on is basic needs. And I've been in that position. But if you're in the position to step up beyond that, I'd say exercise as much as possible. I try to exercise every day when I miss a day. That's okay. Just exercise the next day. Um, Meditate if you're interested in getting into that. Try a guided meditation because it's so much easier to be led by a voice and to tune in and and don't worry so much about losing yourself during your thought process during the guided meditation meditation isn't about evaporating all thoughts it's about returning to your center of calmness over and over again and every time you get distracted reminding yourself to come back to that place of ease but it's not by all means not erasing and evaporating all thoughts so if it's challenging, just keep going and trying and know you're not alone. No one can just make their thoughts disappear. <laughs> you know, no one expects you to be a monk. You know, it's just taking the time to tune in and quiet everything down and shut off electronics. Um, you know, turn off from work, set boundaries, you know, in your social life, in your work life, in your in everything else. So I try to schedule time for self-care, schedule time for socializing, schedule time for work and creativity and really compartmentalize my days into hours and break everything down in my calendar, which is another great way to 
cope is having a really detailed calendar, using your cell phone calendar, color coding it, whatever it is, to keep you on schedule so you can stay on top of your tasks so you do have time for self-care and you're not falling behind or getting burnt out because everything's organized. I One of the things that keeps me well is how organized I am with my schedule um, because a lot of anxiety I used to get is, how am I going to get this done? How am I, oh, I forgot about this. Oh, oops, I missed that. You know, but how can you miss anything or how can I miss anything, should I say, if it's all detailed in my calendar, right? So those are just a few practical tools, but really like vitamins, um, things like as small as like having a Brazilian nut a day can ward off anxiety and depression. There's all types of foods that are great for mental health. There's all types of podcasts and, and self-care books and help yourself, help, uh, self-help books. I have links on my website for all of that, including online support groups, how to find a therapist basically anywhere in the world, um, how to find free online support groups, which some of us is what we need, you know? So, um, also, if you need medication, that's okay. I take medication. I've been on several medications at a time. I've had to try different ones. And like, don't get discouraged if the first time taking medication is a bad experience because that's what happened to me. You know, it's a testing and trial with the help of a psychiatrist who you trust and give it a chance because the medication saved my life. If you need it, that's okay. You're not alone. You know, if you can get off it, amazing. Kudos to you. Some of us need to stay on and I think that's absolutely Okay. Um, and, uh, those are just a few things I could go on for hours talking about self-care and self-care tips. That is why I'm here. I want to help people. I want to provide resources. I want to provide hope and support and healing. And, um, if you ever want to reach out to me, you can find me on social media. Always happy to listen and lend an ear. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I love for meditation. I love the insight timer app. Um, and just to touch on what you said. Yeah. I, I love the, um, the analogy of, when you come back to your kind of center, um, it's a rep. So if you keep going, drifting off and thinking about stuff, you come back, it's another rep. So you're doing reps. So that's a, I, I like, I like that analogy. Oh, exactly. I love that a lot. Yeah. Uh, medication. Absolutely. I, I was resistant to that for a long, long time. And then it really just helped balance you know my ups and downs instead of their ridiculous like rise and falls they're now you know pretty even keel so I'm really glad to hear that and it it takes a lot Mm -hmm. it it takes a lot to like accept sometimes that I needed medication so I'm sure that maybe was a similar process for you but medication got me out of psychosis and if it wasn't for medication in my family I would probably be mumbling to myself on the streets and homeless so I literally think majority of my wellness, well, not majority, but I'd say partially, it's like split in half. Half of it is because of the help of medication and the other half is all the self-care and maintenance and therapy. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, if, you, if, you're, if you're that low or whatever issue you're dealing with, the med- medication will get to you the point where you can now concentrate more. So it's like the, the platform that you build off of. Exactly. Like if somebody has diabetes and they need medication, it, you have to take medication. What can you do? If, if there's something wrong with my brain and I need medication, I'm going to take care of my brain so I can have a fulfilling life. And it's really saved me. And right now I'm taking Latuda, which is an antipsychotic, and I need that for bipolar disorder. I was taking Vyvanse for ADHD, but I recently got off of it. And I'm really glad to be off it because I felt like I was able to um, 
harness my ADHD uh, and not need the medication anymore. So I'm grateful for that. Sometimes mm-hmm. I take clonazepam when I have severe anxiety, which is a benzodiazepine, which I don't like to take often because they're very addictive. So at some, one point I was taking like three medications. Now I just have my main one that I take every day. Mm-hmm. And then one that I take when I have um, a severe anxiety attack. And um, they, it really helps me. And so I just, I couldn't say enough about my gratitude that it exists. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. So I'd like to go into a, a section that I, uh, I ask everyone. The first question is, what significant negative experience have you overcome and what did that teach you? Although we've kind of touched a bit about that, but if there's one specific thing that you'd like to share. Well, there's a lot of traumatic events that happen in my childhood and adolescence, but it definitely like brings down some family members, which is not my intention for spreading awareness. And the first thing that came to me was a very traumatic experience with hospitalization um, when I was hospitalized in 2016. I had a very scary experience. Um, I had post-traumatic stress episodes where I was literally reenacting past experiences in real time Mm. where I wasn't in control of my own body. And I was so frightened of being there that like the second I came through the door and how terrible it was there, like it, it like brought on psychosis. I was like in a bad state before the hospital, but I went into full blown psychosis, full blown mania, full blown post-traumatic stress reenactments um, after entering the hospital, not before. So it was such a scary environment and the people who were there also as patients really frightened me. Like a lot of them were very unwell and saying things that scared me. And I had a roommate that would uh, follow me around and tell me how she killed her son in his sleep. And I had to share a room with her. And I had a neighbor who would cast voodoo spells on me um, and leave shit and period blood all over the bathroom, deliberately knowing when I wanted to go in. And it was just like, it's disgusting to admit some hospitals are this terrible, but They had on the wall for five days the same date. So I thought it was the same day five days in a row. And I felt like I was living in some weird time zone, like loop. And I was so Mm -hmm. confused. And I became friends with a schizophrenic patient who was feeding me all this information that confused me. And I know I have love for people who are struggling, but it's sometimes difficult to get well if everyone else around you is just as sick or worse. Mm -hmm. And um the they had like fake schedules on the wall where it said they had all these activities so when parents and family came to visit it seemed like they had us preoccupied with self-care and, and things like that but 90 percent of the activities weren't happening and it was just a whole fraud and the whole mm. experience was like it, it upset me that this is what mental institutions are and also the interactions with other patients a lot of them were very um, scary to me and so i just felt unsafe and um traumatized. And when I I finally advocated to get myself out of there, um, after I had a new roommate admitted who pissed herself out of fear at 12am, because they just threw her in the room with barely any um, consoling. And she was so scared that she peed her pants at 1am. And literally all they did was throw underwear at her in the room and didn't support this girl at all. I told her to get out of there. Um, And then the next day, Um, I advocated for myself and begged to be released and convinced them I was well enough, even though I wasn't that well, to be sent home because I couldn't take it anymore. So that experience was really a lot for me. And it really 
took about seven months to recover after. And I checked into, I got out in like December of 2016. And then it was April 7, 2017, where I checked into a mental health rehab center for a month to take care of myself because um, from December to April, I, I couldn't get out of this depressive funk I was in because I was full of shame and embarrassment that I had been in the hospital and I didn't know that I could channel my pain into power. And I didn't know that I could turn my message of music into mental health awareness. I didn't know how bright my future was going to be. And so I was lost and I was debilitated and completely dysfunctional. And then going to a rehab center for a month really helped me get well again. And I was able, I came up with the idea of, you know, making going public and letting people know that they're not alone and sharing my experiences. And so to go back to your question, that was one of the big negative events in my life that transmuted into something positive, because if I didn't go through that experience and didn't um, suffer from bipolar and psychosis, I don't know if I would have ever used opposite action to depart from my shame into owning it into spreading awareness. So I think I needed that dark experience to find my light Mm -hmm. and joy and purpose in this world. Thank you so much for sharing. And I apologize if that was a little vulgar. Um, Not at all. Um, Is that place still open? It is. And I won't name it because I don't want to spread hate. I'm only here to spread love. Mm -hmm. And I just, um, if you are in Toronto, I'd suggest North York general is a better place to go to. I'd rather support something rather than diss something. Absolutely. Um, cool. And you kind of answered my, my second question, follow-up question to that, so that's fine. Um, last question is, what does music mean to you? Music, to me, first word is healing. And next words are world language. Fantastic. So, yeah, this has been fantastic conversation. Uh, once again, let everyone know, uh, first of all, where to contact you and, and where they can find your music, but... Let's reiterate about the uh, about the um, the event coming up. Definitely, thank you so much for supporting Mental Health Month with Xari. It's from May second to May thirty first. We kick off with a self care Sunday. Lots of powerful mental health stories by inspiring women, and also a screening of Grace, a short film that I produced and um, Dan Abramovici directed and wrote. And then the whole month is full of self care. Tons of types of therapy to try out, um, coping skills, a bunch of talks by amazing organizations such as NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness, Jack.org, The Blues Project, and more. Nutrition, supplements by Barry. There's so much. It's jam-packed. You are invited to come heal for a full month with me and do not feel pressure to join every day. Pick whatever talks resonate with you. Come once in the month. Come five times. Come the whole time. Whatever suits you in your schedule, it is here to support you and connect with you. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, my website. My handle is at XARI official. My website is xariofficial.com to see the calendar, which Simon will provide links. You can go to tinyurl.com slash MHMXARI, which stands for Mental Health Month with XRE. I'm so excited for our first ever online festival and more to come. It's going to be so healing and um, I just can't wait to share my light with you. Fantastic. And then uh, to finish up, I always like to play a song by the artist I'm, I'm talking to. So what what can we play? Today, let's play She Knows It. It's co-written and produced by Tal Vaisman, one of my best collaborators in Toronto, Love Him to Bits. And it's dedicated to my beautiful, caring, supportive, amazing girlfriend, Anya. Fantastic. 
thank you so much again. And uh, yeah, please stay in touch, continued success. And uh, yeah, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Simon. I appreciate all that you do in sharing your wellness and mental health journey. It is so important. And thank you for aligning with me and um, doing this podcast together. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, as this really helps get the word out about the podcast so other musicians can benefit from the awesome knowledge that my guests are sharing. The more the musician's community collectively learns, the stronger we will become. A rising tide lifts all ships. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering a full range of apparel decoration and promotional items, such as screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and much more. The Skinny Armadillo is now offering a merch fulfillment service, including on-demand printing and a custom-built web store, so you can concentrate on your music and running your business as a musician. Visit theskinnyarmadillo.com or call 817-546-1430 to learn how the Skinny Armadillo can help you take your merch to the next level. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is XRE with She Knows It. Like it's all in my hands But she's holding hard Control my thoughts She's the magician Trick me to submission She's playing with my head Yeah, she's playing with my head She knows it She knows